is Dave. I'm uh, one of the ministers on staff here. Looking forward to being able to share together today. We're continuing in our study in the book of John. Um, and if you have your Bibles, you want to open your Bible to John chapter 10. We'll be, that's where we will be today. Um, and as we have said throughout this series, the book of John leaves us with a choice. And we would think that it's a pretty simple choice, life or death, and we would think that people would say, well, I definitely want to choose life. But it is interesting how people define life, and it is interesting what happens that sometimes makes people make wrong choices, wrong choices that ultimately will end in death. Now, last week, our, speak, our guest speaker was Zach King. He did a beautiful job of leading us in John 9, and it dealt with the healing of a blind man. And, and the ninth chapter concludes with Jesus having a conversation with the spiritual leaders, the Pharisees of that day, and he has this conversation with them, and he talks about spiritual blindness. And uh, not surprisingly, some of the Pharisees were offended that Jesus would talk about spiritual blindness as it referenced them. Well, he continues his conversation with the same leaders as we continue in what we now refer to as John chapter 10. Only this time he is talking about the difference between a faithful shepherd and a false shepherd or a good shepherd and a shepherd that is a hireling that only seeks to serve themselves. Now, 40 years ago, 1974, Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote a little chorus, wrote a song, and it was entitled Gentle Shepherd. And the words are these, Gentle Shepherd, come and lead us, for we need your help to find our way. Gentle shepherd, come and feed us, for we need your strength from day to day. There is no other we can turn to who can help us face another day. Gentle shepherd, come and lead us. Help us find our way. That's the picture of the gentle shepherd. And I'd like for us to use those words just as a moment for prayer. I'd like for you to reflect on that. Allow me to lead us in prayer. Gentle shepherd, Father God, Holy Lord, we do ask that you would come and lead us today because we do need your help to find our way. Lord, we do ask you to come and lead us. Lead us as we seek to discover your way for our lives. Lead us that we might follow more attentively. We might follow more faithfully in the paths that you choose for us to go. Help us, Lord. Come to us, Lord, and lead us. And God, we also ask that you would indeed feed us. Your word is the bread of life. We need that nourishment. We need your strength day to day. Lord, we confess there is no other to whom we can turn. Only you can give us the strength we need to face another day. So, Father, we had asked that you would come and lead us as we study your word, 
May your Holy Spirit guide our minds, prompt our hearts. May we hear your voice. May we be open to what you want us to learn today and do today and for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 10. And in the first four verses of John chapter 10, we read this. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought them all out on his own, brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture of the good shepherd. Matthew in chapter nine tells us about Jesus' compassion. There was a time in ministry where Jesus was very busy. He'd been healing a lot of people even raising the dead. And it describes him as being one who, was, who looked at them and saw them as being harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now the prophets to whom Jesus was speaking or the Pharisees to whom Jesus was speaking should have been familiar, very familiar with the imagery of the shepherd. That was something that from Old Testament on, that the image of the shepherd was important for Israel. The words of the prophet in the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 34, Ezekiel is warning the false prophets. And there in chapter 34 of Ezekiel, it says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And then this was the message God had for Ezekiel to give to those false shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost You've ruled them harshly and brutally. Now remember in John chapter 9, the Pharisees had kicked out of the synagogue the blind man whom Jesus had healed. And so now he begins talking, he's talking about blind guides, and then he begins talking about shepherds who really aren't functioning in the way a shepherd should function. What kind of a shepherd kicks the sheep out? That's what Jesus was saying here as we get into John chapter 10. This is the issue that he was trying to face. Now, it is interesting, I think, that in John chapter 10, Jesus talks about the difference between the true shepherd and the thieves and the robbers that pretend to be shepherds. And I want you to notice the description of how the true shepherd interacts with the sheep. And it's a real marked contrast, isn't it? That... Jesus says there is the shepherd, and then he says there are the thieves and robbers. The real shepherd knows his sheep. They recognize his voice, and they follow him. But the false ones, the false shepherds, they're like thieves. They're like robbers. They, they try to come into the sheep pen 
in any way other than through the gate, which is how you get in to the sheep. Now, in, in John chapter 10, we have two of Jesus' famous seven I am statements. We have two of them here. We've talked earlier about how that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Today, we're going to be looking at two more of those seven I am statements. And in, in it, Jesus, first of all, says, I am. And remember that when he says, I am, the way that it is written in the language, it means I, I myself am. It's very intense. He says, I, I myself am the gate. So very truly, Jesus says, very truly, I say, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And then in verse 10, verse 10 it's a very familiar John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Such contrast that Jesus is painting as he picture as he is as he is preaching here, and he's wanting them to understand there is a real distinct difference here. What is the difference between the word thief and the word robber? I, I thought you would like this. You, you'll probably recognize this word. The Greek word that for thief is the word kleptes. Sound familiar? It's where we get our word kleptomania. Jesus said it is a thief who would seek to do this. Um, today, larceny is the legal term. Larceny is the theft of personal property. Burglary involves the entrance into a structure by an individual who is not permitted to be there with the intent to committing a crime. Jesus says kleptes. Jesus says a thief. Someone who tries to take that which belongs to another person. Right now, Tulsa is experiencing a real problem with burglary from vehicle. It really is a problem. You hear it on the news. I am as a police chaplain, and when I'm on call and I have my radio on, I am amazed at the number of calls that I hear for officers to go respond to a burglary from vehicle, the BFV that they have to go make those report calls. Could I, could I ask you to do something for me? Please lock your car. <laughs> and please don't leave anything of valuable, visible. And by the way, when you think you've stuffed your purse under the seat with the handles hanging out, <laughs> that still qualifies as visible. Please don't do that. We have a first alert ministry team here at Highland Park. And our first alert ministry team, one of their responsibilities is to check our parking lot periodically to make sure that we don't have any kleptase out there, any thieves out there. The Greek word for robber is one who plunders openly, but the key factor is by violence. You remember Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan? And in Luke's, as Luke records the, the story of the Good Samaritan, Luke says that the victim was a victim of 
robbers. He was attacked by robbers who stripped him, beat him, left him for dead. Today, a definition of robbery is by fear, by the use of fear or force. Implied weapon is still robbery. It is still by force. He was speaking very strongly. Jesus was speaking strongly against any who would abuse the sheep. He was speaking strongly against anyone who would seek to take advantage of the sheep that belonged to the shepherd. When Jesus talks about a person who comes in from another way, someone who's trying to sneak in, a breaking and entering, if you will. So now let's continue reading in verse 11. In verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd. He's been talking about the bad shepherds. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Again, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. And just as the father knows me and I know the father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. In your sermon page, you've got some blanks to fill in, and so we're going to go ahead and give you an opportunity to do that if you want to. We've already talked quite a bit about the first one. A good shepherd is not a thief and a robber. A good shepherd is not. He is a shepherd. He is not a thief and a robber. The second one focuses on commitment. It is a commitment. A good shepherd is not a hired hand. What did he say about the hired hand? What did he say about the hired hand when he sees the wolf? I'm out of here. He runs away. Uh, Steve and Sloan, uh, Taylor, and Cole were on vacation, and they were down in the Kaimishis this past week, the area where I grew up. And Cole made the comment he, as he, he, uh, that he saw so many coyotes on fence posts all the way down the road. And I said, well, that is because when I was a little kid, because there were wolves and coyotes all over the place, that when any of the ranchers or farmers would kill one, they would put it on the fence post just to mark it up and say, we got it. Let me tell you, in the heat of summer, after a lot of, you didn't like to drive down that road. <laughs> but it was kind of like a constant reminder, be on the alert, there are wolves out here. And Cole was impressed because, wow, you know, you got to see so many of them being hung on the fence posts. But the hired hand is one who does not take risks. And folks, we need to understand that being a shepherd sometimes involves risks. Sometimes it involves danger. And the good shepherd will step into harm's way, but the hired hand won't. Now let's go back and pick up the third one. The good shepherd knows his sheep. Let's go back to those early verses, verses three and four. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, are you able to recognize 
your closest friends by the sound of their voice. You're walking out in the lobby and you hear someone say something and you recognize their voice. You get a phone call and you answer the phone call and you hear their voice. You recognize their voice. You know, before we had caller ID, we had voice recognition. And, and I'm not talking about the computer-generated kind. We, hey, how are you? And we know who we're talking to. Now, I have shared with you that when I was younger and living down in the Kaimishis that we raised some sheep. And when it came time to feed or move the sheep to another pasture, my dad would begin calling the sheep. And they would immediately move toward him and they would follow wherever he was leading, wherever he was taking them. If he needed to move to another pasture, if he needed to do whatever he needed to do with them, they would follow him. He would call them and they would follow him. And many times, I would try to imitate my dad's voice. I know you find that hard to believe if you know me. I, I would try to imitate my dad's voice and it never worked, you know. A couple of times, I'm pretty sure, I saw one sheep look up and go, what was that? <laughs> and another sheep said, it's just the shepherd's kid, and they call us dumb. And I, I'm sure that's what that sheep said. I love the imagery of Psalm 95. Think about this, Psalm 95. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. And what's the next part? We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. How good it is to be under the care of the good shepherd, right? We are the people of his pasture. We are the flock under his care. Jesus says the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name. Now, I know that we name our pets. I don't understand it, but I know some people even name their cars. But the good shepherd knows your name. That's the great news. The good shepherd knows your name. He knows you by name. He knows your needs. And he will lead you if you will follow him. And so this morning, do you have that sense of intimacy with the good shepherd? Is his voice so familiar to you that you can hear him speaking to you? You hear him call your name and you know, that's, that's my shepherd. That's my good shepherd. That's the Lord speaking to me. You know, earlier Ezekiel talked about the contrast between the, the bad shepherds were only involved in what they could take and the good shepherd, well, this is the fourth one. The good shepherd gives his life. Bad shepherds were only involved in what they could take from the sheep. The good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. Continuing in verse 11, I lay down my life for my sheep. Do you remember in the Old Testament when David was in front of Saul, Goliath was harassing the army of Israel. And David was appalled that this guy would challenge the God of Israel. 
And David said, I'll go fight him. And Saul is like, wait a minute now, guy. I mean, uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but, you know, he's a trained soldier. And, and David says, this is interesting, in, in 1 Samuel 17, David said, your servant has been his, keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of God. The Lord will rescue, the Lord who rescued me, I love this, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. A good shepherd is willing to go into harm's way, lay down his life if need be. But I love David's confidence. And you notice that being the shepherd not only means that you have to take care of the sheep, sometimes you have to go defend the sheep. And sometimes those who are attacking the sheep will turn and attack you. And you put the sheep in, sheep in a safe place and then you confront the enemy. And that's what God has called us to be as shepherds. That's what God has called elders at Highland Park to be, shepherds. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Now, we have the advantage of hindsight when we hear Jesus' comment here in verse 10, or here in chapter 10. When he said, I lay down my life for the sheep, we have hindsight, we have great vision. We can look at that and we go, I know what he's talking about. I know that he's talking about that that he will go to Calvary and he will die on the cross. I know what he's talking about. And they didn't have the clarity that we have. He had told them that he was going to die, but they didn't comprehend it. We have the clarity to understand it from that perspective. We see the big picture. He was crucified for our sins at Calvary. The good shepherd died for you. When Jesus referred to himself as the gate, of the sheepfold. One of the practices of early shepherds was that after the sheep were gathered in and were in the pen at night, the shepherd would lie down in the opening of the sheep pen. He literally became the gate to keep the sheep from wandering out, but also to be alert for any danger that would try to come in. I put that to practice in my youth ministry at church camp. I got a door by the, by the, I got a bunk by the door. I mean, Brian, you did the same thing. Matt and I were talking just before they left. Yeah, we, we learned that. It's a scriptural principle. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm the gate. Jesus said, I lay down my life as the good shepherd. And I think it's interesting also, if you have your Bibles open, I just, we're not going to really go there, but in verse 18 of John 10, Jesus makes this statement, talking about his life. He said, nobody takes it from me. I lay it down. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back up. That's the confidence we have when we have the good shepherd. 
Now, one of the most perhaps loved, most loved passages of Scripture is the 23rd Psalm. Here's what I'd like for us to do for just for, for a couple of minutes. If you'll allow me, and if you're comfortable doing so, I'd ask you to close your eyes and just let me read the Psalm, the 23rd Psalm to you, if you're comfortable with doing that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. There's, there's one more reference to the shepherd that I would, that I would like to call your attention to and, and it is in Revelation chapter 7. It's not one that is normally used as a, as a shepherd passage, but I think you'll see it. In Revelation chapter 7, John, giving his revelation, said, one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? And I answered him, sir, you know. And he said, These are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they're before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. Now here's verse 17. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Did you notice that? It just grabbed me. The lamb at the center of the throne is the shepherd. Jesus can be the good shepherd because he's been the lamb. The lamb that was sacrificed. The lamb that was slain. The lamb whose blood was shed. In whose blood robes made white. He can be the good shepherd because he knows what it's like to be a lamb.
Scripture says Jesus was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. He knows where you are right now, this morning. He knows what you were dreading as you were pulling into the parking lot. He knows more about what you are going to be dealing with this week than you do. He's been the lamb. But he can be your shepherd. Do you have Jesus as your shepherd? Have you heard his voice? Do you recognize his voice? You know, I believe there are times when we have heard that voice and we're not sure what it is. We're not sure exactly who it is. We like it. But today, you've heard that voice and you've said, that's who it is. It's the voice of the shepherd. He's calling me. He's calling me to accept him. He's calling me to follow him. He's calling me. And so will you listen to the voice of the shepherd? God, you know. You know what your Holy Spirit is doing all over this room right now. And Father, for those who are hearing your voice, my only prayer is that they would respond to your voice and follow you. Trust you to be their shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together. If you want to make a decision and you need to make a decision to follow the shepherd, come to the front. Our elders will be glad to pray with you, visit with you, talk with someone, listen for the shepherd.